Food Heals Podcast, Episode 12. Whenever you arrive, it's like uh, you walked into a Gremlins movie. You instantly <laughs> jumped on your back and going, Argh! You're like, oh, God, let me get in the door, please. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. All right, hello and welcome to the Food Heals Podcast. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today's topic is holistic healing for dogs. So I just want to warn everyone, we have three dogs in the studio. So if you hear anything, it's because we have the dogs and we decided that we're not going to edit it out today. We don't care. No, it's about them and they should be here. Yes, so they are here. If you hear them barking, itching, scratching, (laughs) running around, (laughs) that's just going to happen. It's meant to be. Yes, but today's topic is holistic healing healing for pets. Yes, because as we know, our little guys get sick sometimes too. So there are many ways to holistically heal your pups that we have all experienced. Yeah. So we, Susie and I both have dogs. I'm the proud mom to Charlotte and Jackson. Charlotte's my 11-year-old beagle who I brought to LA from North Carolina. And Jackson is a two-year-old terrier mix who I got with my husband the year we were getting married. And my little guy is named Obi, who is a who just made a noise, (laughs) (laughs) who's about to turn nine next month. He is my Brussels Griffon. He looks like an Ewok. And um, yes, his name is referred to Star Wars. Yes. So (laughs) we always bring the dogs over. We have them play um, before and during podcasts. So that is something that you now know about us, that our dogs are always here. Sometimes I'll put mine up when we have guests so that you don't hear too much doggy noise. But today we decided to include them all. That's right. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. Today we're going to talk about our dogs and the story of when Jackson got so severely ill that the doctors thought he was going to die and how we brought him back to health with holistic healing, alternative medicine, and a lot of love. I love that. Thank I you. love this story. It's a good story. And our guest today is Dan Massarelli, who is a writer, a producer, and he's also my husband. Hi, Dan. Um, Hi, Dan. Hello. How are you guys? <laughs> oh, and Obi, and Obi saying hello too. Hello, Obi. <laughs> Obi's threatened by masculine men. So <laughs> I'd have never thought of myself as masculine. <laughs> I hope you're a little masculine. A bit. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to bring Dan in to talk about Jackson and help me tell the story because you know we went through this together, and he may remember some details that I don't. And I just thought it was important to get an unbiased picture of what happened because, as everyone knows, I'm already very into holistic health and alternative medicine but dan you are switzerland you're neutral and this situation (laughs) got you to see firsthand like the power of holistic healing and i just wanted to talk about it from both our perspectives and tell that story but first our sponsor our sponsor today is the global healing center which you know Susie and i are fans of but also dan is a huge fan. Sorry to call you out. And I didn't tell him I was going to do this. So Dan, tell us what you think about Global Healing Center products. I love them, actually. Uh, (laughs) I push them on a lot of my friends. Or I don't push them. They sell themselves. But uh, the 
I describe exactly what goes down if you have them and uh, how effective they are, which is very, very surprising for the um, for them being holistic and natural, which is what surprised me the most. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're uh, amazing. If you take uh, what's prescribed on the bottle there and they sort of, they just do their job overnight and you're ready to go in the morning. And... So you're talking about the Oxy powder. Oh yeah. I mean, that's what it's, I've taken, so... Well, you've taken the oxy powder and then you've tried the cream and the spray because you have the spray in your car. Oh yeah, I love. It. I've I just, heard you like the spray. Yeah, I just got done a road trip actually with my sister and we were using the spray the entire time to uh, escape the heat as we were in the truck for 12, 13 hours a day. So it was amazing. Yeah, so that's the Aqua Spirit spray. Uh, it's called Refreshing Body and Facial Mist, but I know it's in your car. That's why I brought it up. But that's awesome. Your sister likes it too. Oh yeah, I have one in my office, one in my uh, home office, my work office, and the car. And the moving truck, whenever I have one. (laughs) So, Global Healing Center did not pay us for this (laughs) great endorsement. This is just a natural endorsement from my husband. (laughs) Absolutely. And my sister loves it, too. So, she's a huge supporter. Absolutely. All right. So, today we're going to talk about holistic healing for dogs. And we're going to start with Dan and I's story of healing Jackson. And it all started pretty simply... Jackson started throwing up one night and usually that's kind of common for dogs, right? It actually is from what I've read like when humans throw up we always think oh god there's something's wrong something's wrong and usually it is it's more serious for dogs to throw up they have a much shorter intestinal tract tract mm-hmm. and so if they throw up it's not as big of a deal. But continue so with the story. I've seen Charlotte throw up. She's 11 years old and she just kind of gets over it in a matter of hours. So when Jackson started throwing up, I didn't personally think it was a big deal. I'm not sure if you did, Dan, but what happened was is it went it happened all night long. It didn't stop. When it hit the 4th or 5th hour, it was uh evidence something else was maybe going on. Yeah. There might be a bigger thing at stake, you know, at hand. So I think it was about 2 a.m. we actually decided to go to the emergency vet. Um, because we were just just scared because it had been so long and it was non-stop. And it just seemed like if something else is going on, we want to know. And so we brought him to a vet that was like 10 minutes away that was open 24 hours and they looked at him pretty quickly. So that was good. Um, but they didn't really have any advice for us. They were kind of just like, okay, wait it out some more. So then we brought him back home and slept for a couple of hours, not very long, until very early in the morning. He was throwing up all over again. So we took him back to the vet that morning at like 9 a.m. And they said, leave him with us. We're going to give him fluids and we're going to let him chill out here for a while. And hopefully he gets better in a few hours. And that would allow Dan and I to go to work and continue with our day and make sure our dog was taken care of. And so we did that. But he didn't get better by the end of the day. So what happened during that day? So he was still very sick. And I guess they gave him fluids. And I think they gave him an anti-nausea medication. But nothing improved. So when we went back to see him that night, so this is day two, he was worse. And they brought him into the room to visit us, and he couldn't walk. He had Mm. lost the ability to walk. Mm. So if you held him up and held his paws on the ground and let go, he He would slowly fall to the floor because he was unable to hold himself up. Poor baby. Well, yeah, the night before he was also sort of having a wobble where it was like a drunken sort yeah. of like you know, swagger or stagger. 
Um, when we brought him that night to the uh, the ER, um, and we finally got in, you know with the doctor, she noticed something was really weird. You know, in addition to him vomiting, which was that he was walking, which we hadn't noticed at the house. So it may be important for people listening who might have some symptoms like this, but we didn't notice at the house because he was with us the entire time sitting, and then he would get down from the sofa and sort of take two steps, and then he would vomit, and then we would pick him back up and sort of comfort him. So. Um, but it wasn't until we got him to the actual doctor that they made him try to walk across the room to them. And you could see that he had some sort of a, like a drunkard stagger yeah. as he would walk, almost like his hind legs were going out or he had just been like completely intoxicated, which to the doctors signaled, oh, he's intoxicated at, you know, as a person would be. Maybe he took prescription medication that he found on the floor. Maybe That's right. He drank, he ate weed brownies. Maybe he drank liquor. Who knows? Like something of that sort. Which because... to me would make more sense that he's been vomiting. He has no electrolytes or nutrition and his body can't work. Exactly. So that's, I mean, that was what it sort of presented itself as. If and I was that vet, I probably would have said exactly the same thing, especially being in Los Angeles. Yeah. Did, did they actually say that to you? They like, asked me if we had weed in the house. Alexson got very offended. And I said no. I was <laughs> I wasn't offended, but I was offended after I got asked three times. So they asked me once, and I said, no, absolutely not. Like, we're not against it, but we don't smoke weed. We just don't. And I was asked once. Then I was asked twice. And then I was asked a third time. And by that time, I was so frustrated because I was like, please don't think this is a cause. Look for another cause. Because they were like, it looks like the dog is high or drunk. And we don't serve our dog alcohol. We don't have weed he could have gotten into. No. And we don't have any pharmaceutical drugs in the house because neither Dan or I take them. So this just wasn't a possibility. And they kept asking and asking and asking because his walk did look like a drunk dog. Right. But like if he's been throwing up for hours and hours and hours... If you know how muscles work, if you know how, like, you need electrolytes, you need certain fluids in your body, if you've been throwing up and throwing up, your body's not going to work because you don't have the, the proper nutrients to and water. He's losing a lot of water when he's throwing up to function to even walk. That's that's amazing to me that they keep asking you that, knowing how much he's been throwing up. Susie, like what you just said, no doctor said to us. I don't think we even realized it. I didn't even think of well, that think about it. No, she's saying me that. Either. And it's been like a year no, now. No, but she knows about the body because she's that's a massage like, therapist. But like we didn't know that and well, no one need, told us well, that. Well, you need magnesium and potassium. You need salt for the muscles to work for it to even function so have you been vomiting and fluids you've been vom- yeah. that's crazy to me that they even went to that conclusion before being like oh he's been vomiting every 45 minutes maybe there's a severe problem here yeah beyond yeah. weed or pharmaceuticals or have you been giving your dog Jack Daniels like <laughs> right <laughs> exactly exactly they couldn't test for toxicity and every test they had done hadn't shown anything positive. So the next step after that was to go to the neurologist because they said, if you can't walk and it's not drug related, it's neurological. So did he have a brain aneurysm? Well, there was a whole other event before that even moment. We took him back that evening. He couldn't walk again in the morning, which was crazy. We took him back to that same place and said, it's not actually fixing him. All the fluids you're giving him, it's just exactly the same as it was. Obviously, we leave him there. Uh, didn't go to work. We just wait and just sort of hope. And as the day went on, and we didn't get any calls, we called, you know, many, many times to sort of see what's going on, give us the updates. 
And then it wasn't until that evening, I think around dinner time, that we had said, come on, if you don't have sort of a uh, an idea at this point, then there may be a bigger thing. Like, what is going on? And they said, oh, well, we're still trying to figure it out, or we're trying to wait for this other doctor to come in, or whatever they said. And we were like, we want to see our dog. Yeah, and we said that we're going to come. We're probably going to take him because you, they, they just kept saying, we're going to wait it out. It usually takes 24 hours, which we had already gone past, but 24 hours so he can get whatever he ate because he definitely probably ate weed in their opinion. Right. So like as soon as the weed is out of his system, <laughs> then he will be fine and like we'll get back to it. But it was basically a clueless you know, ness that, that happened. So when we demanded to go back and just at least visit him and sort of diagnose it ourselves with them, they said fine, but we arrived and then we were determined to actually take them out and say like, you know, you're obviously not doing anything. But just being in the profession I am and sort of just the person I am and understanding things that whenever somebody's like, well, we're just going to have to get back to you. That means like you're completely ass, don't know what you're doing. And um, how about I come see you and that'll make you figure it out now versus when you get to it or if you ever get to it especially when somebody's life is on the line or my dog we'll figure it out now how about that yeah so or we'll yeah we'll stand there well we've all figured it out how about that so they wanted to keep keep us waiting and we decided we're coming in for a visit and Mm -hmm. then what happened and then (laughs) it took them like 35 minutes to like figure it out like get him into the room that we were in because I guess it was very unorthodox that we demanded to come back so soon, which was like seven hours. I don't because know, it was soon. because it was after visiting hours. You threw them yeah. into chaos. Yes, we did. <laughs> you could tell when we got there, and we and then when they brought him in, well, they carried him in obviously because he was basically a vegetable then, and he was so sedated looking that like basically I think we almost both burst into tears at the Aww. same exact time. But he was so, you could see the light in his eyes know that we were there after seven hours. I mean, when we go to the store for an hour, he gets excited when we come back. So after a million hours in uh, a place that he had no idea where he was with, and with people that were just like... Strangers. Very clinical in, you know, in every sense. So as soon as he would see us, even in his like vegetable-like state, he, you could see the, the emotion in his eyes light up. And which was even more the you know, even more heartbreaking the fact that he was completely like just a vegetable. Like he could not move his limbs, but you could see his eyes open and recognize us. Uh, yeah, and I think they left the room for a few yeah. minutes to let us quote visit with him or whatever the hell they thought. And we, were we just doing. held him. And I was he like, and I oh. instantly jumped to all kinds of conspiracies or stories about what has happened in the seven hours. And I was like, he is completely drugged. I said they're they're giving him all these things for whatever reason to keep him you know sedated, sedated. while they uh, juice out his system to make him clean so he doesn't have his like weed in him or whatever the hell they think is <laughs> in him supposed weed yeah the supposed <laughs> weed we're going to cleanse him forever and we're going to just uh, sedate him until it's all out of him basically you know 1920 style so uh, I was determined that that's what they were doing and it was absolutely appalling we cannot leave him here. And when the girl came back, I said, and, and what, what sedation have you given him throughout the day? And she said, he's not on anything at all. And I, it was a completely astounding to me because he looked completely like... It was shocking because yeah. <laughs> when they left us in the room with our dog who could walk the day before, even though he was throwing up, he could still walk a little bit, even though he looked drunk. And this dog was completely sedated. And Dan said he must be on drugs. And I believed you know, you're right, he must be on drugs. And then for them to come back in the room and say, we haven't given him anything but fluids. It was 
so heart-wrenching to us because we were like, he is very, very sick. <laughs> it was appalling looking because it looked like night and day. It looked like somebody you hadn't seen in three years and they're completely about to die. So who who called the ball? Who said, we're getting him out of here? <laughs> well, that's when <laughs> we started they, taunting them. they recommended, <laughs> they said, well, we will call the neurologist tomorrow and get him in there. And then Dan and I demanded, nope, he's going there tonight. This is unacceptable. We need an answer as soon as possible, and we want the on-call neurologist as soon as possible. We don't care about your policies and procedures. Well, We're going to save the dog. Well, for everyone at home, too. I mean, because obviously it sounds almost like we knew everyone to call. Like, obviously, we're going to call the chief of medicine of Los Angeles. No, we did not know. Way. They told us, <laughs> they like, said, the next step. They gave us the next steps, yes, which are, true. you know, in the morning, Sunday morning, we're going to have... Uh, you know, the larger hospital takeover, and they know a little bit more about this sort of thing. Well, and then they had the neurologist department. Yeah, the neurologist department, whatever their thing was, which is a whole barrel of fun when we get there. But <laughs> the uh, what we had said was like, well, why don't we go tonight? The girl looked completely confused as to why we would come up with our own diagnosis of let's move them now versus in like 12 hours. And I don't know whether it was a money thing or just a... I never thought of that, or why would we? Which has to be so freaking this is the frustrating. Procedure. Yeah, <laughs> it's very upsetting when uh, he's basically like, I'm like, oh, he's going to die maybe in like two hours. Yeah, that, so we're gonna like, <laughs> let's go tonight. How about that? Like, we're not going to go to the bar tonight. It's Saturday, but we're still going to go to the hospital instead. Yeah, not Sunday morning. She's like, oh, all right. Well, I'll let them know you're coming then, and we'll sign them out now. I'm like, thanks. Let's do it. <laughs> so there we went. We checked them out, and we flew over to West LA to. Uh, find better doctors as they would say were sort of able to maybe diagnose what had happened to him because it was uh they had no idea they said this is very very odd you're right and we're like well he's basically (laughs) completely crippled now and he can't barely like look at us or do anything which is so amazing (laughs) because as i've known jackson in these past few months the super peppy puppy yes. who like, will literally jump four feet in the air to hear that at 11 months? Year and a half? Yeah, it was yeah about at that 11, time, yeah. Okay, at that age, couldn't walk? You know, <laughs> like, of, like, if you see this, if you would ever see this dog, he's got the most, my, Obi never had this kind of energy. He never this, had this kind of leap uh, ability. Yeah. He can jump as tall as I am. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's amazing. He's an athlete. Okay, yeah, so, we had a video too that we would show them. We're like, no, wait. Just so you know, yeah. Look at this the video. This is what he's a, a and look, of. he's jumping yeah. like twenty-seven feet. Yeah, and like this is just normal. So like that's horrible. Okay, upsetting. so you sprung him, and we you took him. Him. You took him to West to West LA. Yeah, and so the point of this was that they said there's a neurologist that can run all these tests that we can't run. Yeah, so we arrived there, and it was late, late that evening. Checked him in, and it actually felt more like a real hospital. There was a a girl that actually came by, they admitted him, and she said she took his history with us, and it felt very, uh, we felt very held, at least in my opinion, as like, oh, like they're going to figure it out because we're in the real hospital now. It was going from a very small boutique place to a very high-end, beautiful hospital. Yeah, it was like the college, uh, you know, I threw up too much, fix me up, to an actual hospital, mm-hmm. which was, you know, great. Okay. And that was our opinion at the time. And so we were very excited for him to be there. And so we left him there that night at, like, late. I don't remember, like, 12 or something. 
And then um, the next day, we start calling. We start calling. We start calling. <laughs> well, they also said that. They said uh, there will be a neurologist team that will be able to uh, give him the MRI to see if there is an actual, like, maybe he has um, spinal meningitis or bacteria in his bloodstream that is causing something like this where he can't walk. Um, and there was a few other possibilities that there was some uh, stroke. A, a, yeah, stroke. And they said that for some reason they would be able to tell that on the MRI. Uh, they were also going to do a spinal tap to him, which was going to figure out whether he had bacteria in his system, um, whether he had a stroke, whether he had uh, an aneurysm of sorts. Degenerative disease was a big thing that they had said it could potentially be that, which, you know, they would have no basic cure for. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to the Food Heals Podcast, where you'll find the tools to become a hotter, healthier, happier you. We'll be right back with Allison Melody and Susie Hardy. Food Heals Nation, if you are looking for the highest quality supplements, the most luscious organic skincare, and a brand name that you can trust to be free from toxic chemicals, look no further than the Global Healing Center. I have been using their products for years. Their Parfait Visage face lotion literally makes my skin look younger. And it comes in a beautiful bottle, so it is perfect as a gift as well. And the Oxy Powder Colon Cleanse Capsules are the most powerful detox supplements I have ever use. They get everything out and they don't leave you feeling full or uncomfortable. The mission of the Global Healing Center is to bring back good health, positive thinking, happiness, and love. And they want to help you realize that your body is a self-healing mechanism. Well, I couldn't agree more. So I've teamed up with Dr. Group and the Global Healing Center to bring you a discount exclusive to Food Heals listeners. Go to their website at globalhealingcenter.com, pick out the items you want, and use the discount code FOODHEALS, all one word, for 20% off your purchase, plus free shipping to the U.S. and Canada. 20% off is a great deal, Food Heals Nation. I love their products, and I know you will too. Each day, there was a different neurologist there for three days straight. So a different doctor saw Jackson each day, and each time, every test that they did came back negative. So he didn't have a brain aneurysm. He didn't have a stroke. He didn't have a spinal issue. So they're still trying to figure out the cause. They couldn't figure out the cause. And so we would go and visit him, but every time we would call, we would call and call and call. And they wouldn't be, we weren't allowed to see him. So finally, Dan and I got our laptops, put them in the car, and we drove over there and we sat there for hours with our laptops waiting until they would let us see him. As they got done all the tests, they did the MRI, they did the spinal tap, they did everything. It was very disheartening to see that. Well, we, well, from my, my experience, which is probably a very normal experience, he doesn't have anything that we think he might have. So you kept getting pushed off and kept getting the same old kind of story. Yeah, we, we, don't we know. did an actual answer. Like, basically, he doesn't, he doesn't have a, he didn't have a stroke and he doesn't have bacteria in his spinal fluid. He didn't have some sort of a crazy... Um, aneurysm. Yeah, an aneurysm in his brain. So none of that's here. Hmm. I remember specifically, we finally got 
visiting hours with him. Sometimes we would get to visit him and we would get to go to his kennel with all the sick dogs and they'd take him out and we get to hold him and he was completely a vegetable. Hmm. And now this has been about five days of vegetable-like state of Jackson where it doesn't seem like he's getting better. And so it was definitely getting worse. Yeah. When he was getting worse and worse and all they were doing was putting him on fluids and telling us he won't eat, he won't eat. Um, they give you a private room. And it's it's my understanding that the private room is when they really think the dog is not going to make it. So we go to this private room with these couches and we sit in there. And this is the third neurologist that we've seen comes in to give her uh, opinion of Jackson. And she says the same thing as everyone else. Um, she says you know, it's not this, it's not this, it's not this. We don't know what it is. But we'd like to talk to you about permanent feeding tubes. She said, you know, here's all the tests that we had run. We had gotten these on the phone that we don't have really anything, uh, any any substantial diagnosis. So we're not quite sure yet. And me and you had said, we're going to see him. We need to come see him and see I want to take on. this moment. I want to take this opportunity to say, you guys are amazing pet parents. And I would I would do the same thing. I love my dog as I don't have children yet. So he is my baby. But there's so many people out there that like, you hear those stories about pets abandoned or they get some kind of diagnosis and they're given up. And like, the fact that you guys went through this and kept on going is amazing like just a testimonial to like the we love were, of your pet and like your perseverance so. we were oh, yeah. relentless for this little guy and that's what yeah. seemed very shocking to most of the doctors that they were like oh you're that type like you're actually going to continue to 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 question me once i've told you but i think well they have that kind of god complex and that's <laughs> and that's pervasive also in 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 western medicine in yeah. d- human doctors where it's like they only know so much and if you don't follow their advice, then you're like, oh, you're that kind of person. Okay, you're going to be that kind of person. So yeah. we wouldn't stop asking questions and we wouldn't stop coming to visit. Well, yeah, that's what they had said. <laughs> Once they had done all their, their really encompassing tests. I mean, if a person gets a, an MRI, it's, it's a big deal enough. You get a spinal tap, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. That's huge. Yeah, that like, and that's like painful. That's a big thing. So to have it done on a little dog, it's like, who's like a year old is insane. Uh, but you know, it and it's expensive as hell. Yeah, it better reveal. We're still paying the this off on credit of the friggin' universe <laughs> when you actually get the results back and have them at you know three in the afternoon. Go well, we got it. We did all those human catastrophe tests on him, and he, nothing seems to be apparent. And we said, okay, well, we're gonna come see him now. And they they brought him to the private room because it was unorthodox that we had showed up not on a Sunday evening, I guess, and said, you know, we're, we're gonna see him regardless. And they said, okay, well. Um, Oh, yeah, and that was a Sunday morning, and they brought him to the room so we could have a moment. And then we said, "What? Uh, he's not eating again, right? He doesn't eat anything, and you just give him the fluids as normal with the injection? And she said, yes. And you know, by this time, we're like, what happens if you just continue to refuse to eat? And she said, oh, well, in a day or two, that's when it becomes super, super worrisome, and that's when we would discuss things like feeding tubes. and Which is interesting, types. too, because um, in a lot of different types of illness and this is very general but when you're in kind of a when your body canine feline human when you're in a healing crisis uh digestion actually takes a fair amount of energy to do Mm -hmm. to absorb nutrients so sometimes when you are in a really sick state actually your body stops eating 
Um, I've read accounts about dogs where it's like they fast. They, they literally stop eating just so that their body replenishes or tries mm-hmm. to heal whatever's going on. Yeah. And that's a big generalization. Yeah, I heard but it's like, like more instinct that just kicks into them because obviously they're not consciously evaluating. Yeah, well, when I they're really sick, not? when you're really sick, sometimes you, yeah. when, when as humans, I think, especially, no in the, at all, yeah. Yeah, especially in the West, we're like, you got to eat, you got to eat, you got to eat. No, sometimes, sometimes it's actually good to, um, sometimes you have to stop eating yeah. in order to heal or yeah. fix whatever's going on. Yeah, for sure. So they're talking about feeding tubes. Yeah, which, you know, and that that broke me up pretty bad just because I'm like, I had already had in the back of my head like, oh, is this, you know, he's basically not going to get better and we have to figure out what's going to happen next. And um, that's kind of where we were at, where she was talking about feeding tubes and what they call end-of-life care. And so Dan and I were really broken up. We were really upset and we just couldn't imagine what had happened to our dog because we still didn't have a diagnosis. We didn't you have had no a, answers. We had no answers, and he was still a vegetable. So it had been five or six days, and he's we're in the room with the doctor holding the dog, and Jackson is sleeping on top of my arms, and his tongue is st- sticking out because his mouth is all dried out. Like it was, I have a picture of this exact mm. moment that I'm talking about, but he was all messed up. He still couldn't walk. All he could do was be held and you know I remember I was so resolute in that moment I was like I will take care of him for the rest of my life if I have to sit at home and hold him you know (laughs) because that's how in love Dan and I were with this dog and we still are he's sitting here luckily he's the sweetest baby yeah so right now he's he's fine obviously you guys know but um so she was talking about this and um I remember we were like okay um we would like some time to digest this and talk on our own. And she left the room after talking about, you know, next steps of possible end-of-life care, of possible feeding tubes. And I said, I really want to take him home. And if he's going to die, he's going to die at home. If he's going to live, he needs to be around us, around our love, and around our dog, Charlotte. And I was scared that Dan was going to disagree and say he needs to be in the hospital. But Dan, what did you say? Well, I ran outside in the middle of that and just called my mom and sort of uh, just chatted with her because I've always had dogs growing up. I had big, big uh, two real like German Shepherd type dogs that were large and uh, both of their legs, you know, their hind legs go out at a certain time. And then we had another dog for many years after that that he ended up dying when I was uh, in late college years, so I was an adult by then, and he had been a dog that we had gotten when I was really young. So it was like, you know, we I had always gone through this sort of experience with my mom, um, and it was uh, something I really, you know, wanted to spitball with her because she is like the biggest animal lover in the world. So it was like a big deal to have that discussion because uh, she's very frank and just sort of like you know, honest with what she would think. So I just wanted to sort of hear what she had to say. So, I mean, and she just had the same opinion as me, which is that we de- we know nothing, but uh, it sort of just made me feel better. Um, and that's when we really came to the determination of like, uh, okay, this may be reality. He may be like basically on his way out and maybe just sort of his story. So uh, there's going to be no problem with us taking him out of here and giving him at least his last moments, which may be, you know, these this evening back at home, with his sister Charlotte and with us in his house and just loving the life he's always loved even if he's sitting there not able to sort of run around in it so that was the way he's going to go out if he's going to go out because it seemed like he was probably on his way out within like 12 hours so 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly the way I felt as well. And while Dan was on the phone with his mother, I had called some people. I had talked to Miranda Alcott, who referred me to a holistic vet, and she said, no matter what they say, get Audra's opinion and take him there. And so my whole thought was, if he's going to die, he's going to die at home with Charlotte, like Dan said, with us. We're going to love him. We're going to play with him. We're going to be with him. And we're going to take him to one more one more doctor. And she was holistic. And here I am, Allie. I am already, as Food Heals Nation knows, extremely holistic. I already believe in this. But I'm telling you, sometimes your beliefs get skewed and thrown out the window when you hear from three different neurologists and a couple of different regular vets that they don't know what's wrong with your dog and your dog might die, that you start to believe it and you start to have no hope. Well, that's what, I mean, what are you supposed to do? They're supposed to be the authoritative voice on all of that. And when you keep hearing that, what what are you supposed to do? You know, yeah. it, it, to go against it and say, no, I'm going to find a different way. It takes a lot of courage, takes a lot of guts. Yeah, and we actually, when we, when we decided, they said, we don't advise you to take him out because he's going to have another readmittance fee if you want to bring him back, which you claim you're going to do because he probably is not going to get any better when he's with you all of a sudden, when he's been, you know, getting worse with us and we're doctors in a hospital. And we said, if that's the case, and for some reason he's, you know, with us tomorrow morning and he's completely getting even worse, we'll bring him back. But in the meantime, he's going to spend the evening with us and because we think maybe that will be a little bit of a care. That may help. That may help. Bit. The love so alone. So we said, yeah, we'll pay the readmittance fee, uh, which we'll probably need, and we're going to take him now. He's going to have dinner at home and we'll just sit here and watch TV like we've always done and we'll have a comfortable moment. And I asked that doctor at this moment when she was telling us, do not take him. Not only do we not recommend it because we don't know if he'll make it through the night, but also because you will have to pay this very expensive readmittance fee. But I asked her, can we take the hydration fluid bag with us and do it ourselves? She said, no, that is against our policy. And then I said, what about any type of intravenous nutrition or acupuncture or anything else? And she said, none of that matters at this point. And I, as holistic as I am, I said, okay. And Dan and I decided, just like he said, to take Jackson home and cure him with love. (laughs) (laughs) And if he was on his deathbed the next morning, we would take him back and pay the readmittance fee, like Dan said. But in the meantime... I set up an appointment with the holistic doctor, Audra McCorkle, for that Monday. And so that night, we brought Jackson home, and we cuddled him. We loved him. We let Charlotte see him. We um, brought him in the yard. You know, he couldn't walk. This was his yard that he's used to running and playing in. And we laid him down in the yard, and we just pet him and played with him and let Charlotte sniff him and cuddled Aww. them and... Then we were watching a movie. Yeah, basically, it's funny because it was, uh, I think that's actually what motivated it in my head. I hadn't seen for a long time. What was the movie? Awakenings with Robert De Niro. Oh, and, my God. And Robert yes. Williams. appropriate movie. I know. that uh, I hadn't seen it in a million years, but literally seeing him, I'm like, this is like Awakenings. You're like, oh I'm going to find the appropriate powder amount and put yes. it in milk. <laughs> I'm going to administer it to my dog. Yes. Exactly. I'm like, he's just a frozen, because his eyes would sort of glimmer like, please Aww. get me out of this cage of body. 
But uh, yeah, so we ended up. I, I bought that movie on Apple iTunes. So that is I was, prophetic. <laughs> oh, wow! But, but yeah, that was like the motivation of it. It was just like you know, just at least it's going to be here with us, and we'll we'll see what happens tomorrow. And then we that once he got home, it was like he he looked like he wanted to get out of his body basically because he was like eh, making like a like Aww. a little bit of a, a whimpered moan and like looking around like he would he was trying to do the natural reactions he had always done his but breathing he just completely was, couldn't yeah his like, breathing was very off and every time he would breathe it was a sigh yeah he would realize very quickly that he was just completely like oh i don't do that anymore so yeah. now i just give up and he would just like look down and Poor just go baby. To and the nothing. reason that i thought that he was dying then is because of that sigh because the breath in and then the breath out was a sigh and my mom did the same thing when she was dying and i decided in my head he's dying and i was devastated but i was like this is what i i thought that at the time yeah i had, i had uh, relegated myself to that a few different times so it was like you know this this was the last raw as far as i was yeah. concerned as far as like you know me possibly knowing what and I just how do. frustrating because you guys had no idea why this was going on <laughs> yeah, and you I took mean, them to doctors that's a real like yeah and the left them and and left him with these doctors and they're like yeah we don't know they did every test you can possibly ever do and said we don't know what's wrong with them okay yeah, I mean, we so, don't know and, you know for the peanut gallery of everybody we talked to which is a hundred million people over those few days which like did he stand on something and jump off of it and now he's completely almost crippled and we're like he's been living there for two months now so there's nothing that he can jump off of and hurt himself there's nothing that is new to the environment so to have this all of a sudden happen is just well you know what i think is really important too is um for our listeners is to like whatever's going on whether it be your pet or yourself is like start to deduce like what makes sense so you were going through the list of like did he jump off no he didn't jump off something no he didn't eat any weed no he didn't like yeah. eat any, anything differently and start to really think well what's going on with him well for in, at least initially like he had no fluids he stopped eating like something is metabolically wrong it's not just he he hurt something you went through all the tests it's like you really have to I think in this day and age, my personal opinion, you really have to start to think. You have to educate yourself. You have to like think like what you, you can't just go by the doctors because if you did, little Jackson might not be here. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is like we went through the entire yard because we had moved into a new house a few months ago and we looked at every plant. We looked up, we Googled every plant. You know, we brought the plants in to see the neurologist. We said, is this toxic? Is this toxic? Is this toxic? They're like, no, no, no. no. Yeah, it was a CSI meets Amelia Earhart. <laughs> just like, the hell knows. No one could figure it out. And so uh, back to that night, so we brought him home and the most amazing thing that I remember happened that night, which was there was this really cathartic moment in the film where Robert De Niro is awake again after being catatonic. The and first that, moment where he awakens? Yeah, and yeah. so he's saying something. By a window, I think. <laughs> I forget the exact quote he's saying, but he is awakened and he's shouting about waking up. And Jackson pushed up as much as he could he didn't stand up but kind of leaned over and fell on top of Charlotte and tried to lick her ear. That's right, yeah. 
which is sounds silly, but... but that's the, what you would normally try to exactly. do. Exactly. He eats her ears regularly. Yes. I've yeah. seen it in this day and age. So yes. it was like him like taking a time out for two hours or whatever he had done, and then he was just like, somehow, he, for some reason, at that moment... It movie, was his moment at the window. was standing up there ranting and getting everybody all riled up. Jackson decided to pick himself up limp as he was and throw himself Aww. down where he thought he needed to be and give it the best try he could. Yeah. Which Aww. was sort of uh, more than we ever thought he would do when he was still at the hospital. And yeah, so that was an amazing moment for us because I was just like, maybe you can come back. So that moment made me really happy. And then I knew that we had the appointment with the holistic doctor the next day. And even as, like I've said, as holistic as I was, and I, as I am, I still didn't have high hopes because I was just like, this is beyond. I didn't think that. Yeah, well, we, he we could went because we knew that just the basics, the bare essentials, of that he's not drinking any water, yeah. and they're putting the IV in him, and they won't give us the IV. So we're like, well, what can we do? And well, I think we—I don't know if we came up with the idea or what, how what we did, but we went and had an eyedropper. We bought one. Oh. Just would see because we started like like glimmering water onto his uh, tongue somehow, and he reactionarily sort of put his tongue out and licked it because it was sort of like I got to get this off my nose or whatever we were doing to him. I forgot But it like that. it registered with us like oh like even if he doesn't desire the water he's going to react he's gonna to get it, it anyway. to, to deal with what's going on that it's on his nose or it's in front of him or it's going in his mouth and he's got to just react normally and that was like some sort of a weird signal like some sort of a vague in the fog light back there that was like Huh. Maybe even if he doesn't desire or know that this is what he should do, his reaction to it is something we should continue to just like keep doing it, you know, every so often and just see what happens. Like, no, you're right. Because I thought that we bought the syringe after we went to visit the doctor on Monday, but you're right. That night, yeah, I had bought the it, syringe yeah. and I had started filling it with lemon water and he would let it let us strip it on his tongue and then i started oh, he was filling sticking, it his with, tongue was hanging yeah, out of his mouth yeah that's right and we're like it is dry as hell and it's not even he, he doesn't even put it in his mouth so we might as well just drop stuff on it like yeah. water and, and then, then that's when he would react almost normally and we're like what is that a glimmer of like real life it was a glimmer of hope <laughs> yeah and then I started mixing um, the super green powder with water, and I would inject oh, yeah. that in his mouth as happen, well. Yeah. And that was just for a couple of hours before the next day, where we first took him to Audra McCorkle, who was a vet in Sherman Oaks. And we brought him in, and he's still in this catatonic state, don't get me wrong. Um, we were still very scared and not very hopeful you know we had seen seen a glimmer of hope that night with the movie that was kind of fun but we still didn't know and we brought him in to see her and i'll never forget the words that she said she said there's no reason that jackson can't make a full recovery wow and i was floored because i didn't believe it even when she said it did she give you any kind of explanation as to what he was going through? So um, I think her opinion was that it was probably what she mentioned was acute toxicity. But she said, That's we, what everybody thought. we may, yeah, and other people had said. you guys are such big <laughs> weed smokers. Well, Whatever, yeah, well, toxicity could be from anything. It could right. be from a plant in the yard. It could be from something he Just ate in the house. scorpions or something. Yeah. So whatever. we still don't know, but she said, you know, it could be 
a long-acting toxin. And she said, we may never know, but that doesn't mean that we can't get him back in balance. Yeah. And so the first day we were there, she gave him so many treatments. She gave him chiropractic acupuncture. She gave him a laser light therapy, which is where they put this laser all throughout their body. She gave him vitamin injections. And then she did an entire bag of fluids of, you know, water. And the very same bag that I had asked at the neurologist's office if we could take home and administer ourselves. Don't tell me she gave it to you. She gave it to us and she taught me how to administer it. And she said, you're going to do a bag a day until until he's better. Yeah. Yeah, which is really super cool. I mean, and we were already doing just the the dropper thing. So I know we did do the bag, but it didn't have to go on that long, actually, after she actually did his treatment. And, and I'm, you know, I'm a very sort of moderate believer in, in everything or non-believer in everything. So it was uh, sort of uh, show me results or shut the hell up. So, you know, we, we were there and it was like, okay, well, see what you do to him. You can do anything you want. And uh, once he actually left there, he was when continuously with us on a minute by minute care of like just tending to his every need. It was just like a, a complete circus of like Jackson attention 24-7. So that in conjunction with uh, what she was doing actually sort of as what uh, generated some results after uh, all So how long did it take for him to bounce back? I think it was Visibly. about four days of getting the same treatment from Audra every day, four days in a row, when he first like tried to jump. No, no, no. When he first was walking and then like the next day he tried to jump and he failed miserably. But I was like, oh, my God. He, oh, my God. He tried to jump. Yeah. Yeah. That's like watching Superman sort of grow up in like three days. Yeah. Uh, where it's like somebody comes back from the dead virtually and the one day they uh, are like breathing basically normally, which is like, you know, a huge sort of success. And then the next day after all the little treatments and all the like painstaking second by second care. Then all of a sudden they are like looking alert and sort of he's trying to stand in the morning, which was like, wow, this is, you know, like Lazarus standing again. And then (laughs) it was the next day that he's actually we see him like crypt walking across the room, which was like, oh, my God, basically three days ago, this was over. And now all of a sudden you're doing like, you know, a little dance across the room trying to just be normal. And then then it was basically like. You know, just the progressive after that each day was this revolutionary step in evolution where he was getting toward actually being a functioning dog again. He peed on his own, like on like day three or four. Where Which he, he able, hadn't done. Yeah, he was wobbling just like, you know, a spinning top over to somewhere. And, and we had been holding him up in uh, We would hold moment. him to pee. Yeah. And then he was actually doing it and then was able to wobble away. Which was basically like you know that was a victory. That was like the year two thousand celebration to us. Yeah, (laughs) we were so excited when he could pee. He would wobble to pee on his own because we had held him. Yeah, we would have to carry him outside and hold him to pee every single day until that. And the only reason he was peeing is because we were injecting him with force feeding him with water and uh, super grains. Yeah, so. There was something in the system that proved that there was proof of life here. And yeah. the fact that he was actually coming back was, yeah, just you know, insane. So. But just such a, an amazing story of, like, perspective, right? It's like the first hospital you took him to, or this, and the second, were like, we don't know. 
Yeah. Here's feeding tubes. And thousands of dollars. And thousands of dollars. I still haven't paid off this vet bill. Yeah. And 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 then turn to, well, no, there's no reason that he can't make a full recovery. We're going to try. We're going to throw everything we can at it. And including you, you know, putting a syringe of super greens and lemon water into his mouth. It's yeah. like. And every day, once we, after Monday, when we first went to see Audra McCorkle, the holistic doctor in Sherman Oaks, Every day after that, um, he would go back there. I would take them both. I would drive there. Dan and I didn't go to work for two weeks. We did not care. And luckily, I love our- you guys. <laughs> you guys are dedicated doggy parents. Yeah. Like, I would do the same. Our careers allowed us that, you know, flexibility. And I know that's really hard. But, you know, Dan's company was really understanding. My clients were really understanding. And we did not go to work. We worked on healing this dog. And so we went to see Audra every single day for five days straight. And then for a few weeks after that. But that's when he got better every single day. And what was her approach when you guys were like, we want to see it? When you came in, you're like, can we see him? Was she different than the other doctors? We well, we didn't like, leave we him didn't there. We didn't have to leave him. We just came for no. an hour. Oh, you would just go and visit. You, you don't, would bring him yeah, in and bring him out. do a bunch of stuff to him, and then we would leave. So every day we would go in, and instead of taking him in and charging us a fee for keeping Jackson yeah, overnight. in a cage in a cage yeah. exactly they the Jackson came home with us but there would be an hour-long session of him getting a vitamin injection he would get um, acupuncture he would get chiropractic sometimes massage and he would get a <laughs> laser therapy so this laser helps stimulate their muscles and do all these other things. I don't even know. I'm not I an expert. You're, I always think you're going to say, and then we give him a laser light show at the end. <laughs> it's a Pink Floyd laser There's light show. something to live for, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was like so inspiring. And then the fact that she was like, okay, all you have to do to give him the fluids that the hospital was charging us thousands of dollars to inject in him every night was all you have to do is you squeeze their skin, you insert the needle, it doesn't hurt them at all, and then you let go, and the fluids slowly drip in. It was the easiest thing I've ever done, Mm -hmm. and so I had to give them the fluids. And then complementary to what the holistic doctor was doing, we would at night give him, we would um, put in a syringe super greens. Mm -hmm. So all these nutrients, minerals, vitamins, we would, in greens, we would be injecting into his mouth. And it only took four or five days for him to be like almost back to normal. And I think a week after that, like a good two weeks, he was jumping, running crazy. And our friend John, Dan's riding partner, came over and he said, if I didn't know Jackson was sick, I would have no idea because he looks the exact same. Yeah, it was insane. So I, it was, I think it was like somehow it was weird. He was getting back to basics when you had all of the, um, you know, medical sort of ideas of what might be wrong with him and how to deal with it, uh, not come up with any real results. You sort of are at a moment where you're like, well, I got A or B, and I guess I do just the basics you know, of what probably people have done since the beginning of time. I, you know, give some water in his mouth. Just we'll, we'll see how to make him the most comfortable he can be, and then we'll just let life take its course. And to have that actually start the trend of what, I guess, Audra sort of, uh, expedited with some of her treatments uh, was really interesting to sort of like let your own tuitions, your intuition actually say, you know, at least you do this and then you feel like you've done everything possible. The basics being the last. Almost you guys sometimes. saved your dog. 
Yeah, that's what yeah. you saved your dog. We sort of help. We sort of feel that way because it's been just like it was like second by second, like just you know, love and compassion with some uh, bare <laughs> essentials and like willing water. to take a risk and willing to go an extra mile and willing to find someone else that might say, "Hey, there might be something we can do." Yeah, and like we spent a lot of money trying to determine the cause, and the lesson is, is. That's completely unnecessary. How much can you do at home? How much can you do it yourself before you have to go the medical route? There's a lot. Give them greens. Give them... Or what would have happened if you took, if you had known of Audra and went there first? Yeah. A lot of heartache probably wouldn't have happened. But you know what? Everything happens for a reason. And I felt like that time actually brought Dan and I closer. And yeah. how much I love Jackson. Like, I'm obsessed with this dog. And so is he. We love him so yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, it was She's one of those boy. moments of like uh, when you hear other people say, you know, you really never know. It, there's always room for surprise in your life. And it's sort of... Uh, I could not believe that he was that sick and that had happened on the, you know, the snap of a finger, um, which was completely destroying and rocking my world. And then all of a sudden to also be able to bring him back when no one else could possibly tell what was going on with him. Even Audra, no one. We still don't know to this day. To this day, Great we mystery know. of the universe. But uh, it doesn't mean anything in the fact that, you know, you can just try everything you can and then uh, you can sort of... Uh, you know, kind of create your future as far as that he got better, which you know, nobody else told us exactly what to do with that. So we just went on our to intuition. And uh... I think it's a combination of love, nutrition, and holistic healing that healed our dog. I agree. You know, it, whether we're animal, human, you know, there's there's multi there's a multifactorial. Yeah. processes going on with health it's energetic it's nutritional it's um physiological it's biological it's enzymatic there's so many things going on and when you approach it from a holistic viewpoint and can kind of nail down at least from a healing because i i personally believe i know allison believes this too and dan i'm sure you believe this too like when your body is given what it needs to heal your body can make a crazy comeback yeah as jackson did I absolutely believe it. And now look at him. He's over there sleeping. <laughs> He's After doing running around fun. earlier. Yeah. They were running around in the yard as usual. He's his back to his crazy energetic self. And we couldn't be happier. And he loves Susie. He's obsessed with Susie. Susie, every time she pulls in the driveway, he knows. And he makes his Susie sound. So <laughs> He's I, my boyfriend. I know that Susie's here because of the noises that he makes. And then he will not. He's so relentless. He will not let up on letting him go see her. He, he is such a cuddle bunny. Yeah, he's such a sweet boy. Whenever you arrive, it's like uh, you walked into a Gremlins movie. He's instantly <laughs> jumped on your back and going, ah. <laughs> oh, God, let me get in the door, please. He's, he's just so enthusiastic. He's such a sweet boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, well done, you guys. I mean... This is a testament to how much you can do for your pets if and when, God forbid, you're, something unexpected happens and they're not well. Yeah, thank you. So I think the lessons from this are, you know, get a second opinion, get a third opinion, get a fourth opinion, and what can you do at home? And always make sure that you are giving that pet or the person, whatever it is, so much love. Leaving them in a hospital or another place does not create 
an atmosphere of wellness. Yeah, just think so, about what you would want. I mean, yeah. that was what motivated me half the time. Is just like, you know, I wouldn't want to sit there like, you got to give him what, you know, you would know that is going to be comfortable to anybody, whether they're on the way in or out. They are social animals and they respond to emotions and they respond to comfort and they're, they're people, they're pack. You're their, yeah. pa- you know, you're your We're dog's pack. pack. Yeah. And they, you know, you don't, they don't get deserted when they're, they're ill. Their they pack don't. comes around them. So. As a human, do you want to lay in a cage by yourself when you're sick and hear the cries of other sick people? No. So why is it okay for us to put our animals in a place where they are alone and hearing the wild cries of other sick animals? I think animals need to be at home with their tribe, just like you said, Susie, with their humans, with their other dogs or other cats or whoever their family is and heal there. And I think unless they are in critical condition and and having a heart attack, I don't know, but they should be at home and that you can heal them with, with the assistance of doctors, but you can heal them. I agree. Yeah. I mean, if you see no, no improvement, then I mean, uh, you know, you're the, you're as good uh, a judge as anyone that point so you gotta trust your intuition gotta trust your intuition well thanks dan for being with us to discuss our healing story it's my pleasure i'll come back anytime thanks dan yeah you only live um, 10 feet away (laughs) (laughs) these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration this podcast is not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat in this dress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately.